Welcome into Honorado and Company live from King's Tavern in Saratoga Springs, right across the street from beautiful Saratoga Racecourse as we are into the racing season now officially, right? I know the diehards are like, hey, man, we've been in it since January down <laughs> yeah. in Florida and Arkansas. And, but now with the Kentucky Derby ash here, people in Saratoga are thinking about, hey, a couple months from now, we'll exactly. be in our neighborhood and we'll be the dominant story in this sport. This is when it really starts to feel like racing season is upon us for Capital Region fans who are fi we're finally crawling out of the 40 and 50 degree weather and can start yeah. thinking about summer. This is really what kicks it off for Capital Region racing fans. Our guest on today's show is Acacia Clement. She is uh, new officially now, like full time to Naira, yes. which is great because we've bugged her up here every summer for the last <laughs> few summers and she's been a full-time employee might as well have been of news channel 13 helping us out each and every single friday and uh, as part of our traverse show acacia will join the show here just momentarily with her kentucky derby picks yes we're going to put her on the record who does she think will win the run she knows for the much roses? more than we do so listen this is what we do best we lean on the experts so we'll talk with <laughs> Acacia, and we'll also talk with one of the owners here of King's Tavern and City Tavern, if you're familiar with Saratoga Springs. Uh, uh, Pat Fitch, I just want to say Jay, Pat Fitch will be with us. They call him Pistol Pat. Jay's his brother. And we're going to talk with Pat coming up on uh, today's show as well, because he's a handicapper. He takes this stuff seriously, yeah. so I'm going to lean on him for a little bit of advice as well here, Ash. We were at City Field yesterday. We'll tell you about our experience covering, covering Ian Anderson. We've got all of that coming up on this week's Honorado and Company. Let's get it going. This is Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpen House. Shout out to all of our partners here on Honorado and Company, Alpenhouse, the great guys at Novice Clothing Company in Albany, all of your apparel needs, not just for athletic teams, any business you might have. If you have apparel needs, Novice Clothing Company is the place to go. Marcella's Appliance Center, where we have all of our appliances from, Ash and our house, of course, yes. Schenectady and Clifton Park, those two locations. Popeyes, we've got the Louisiana Fast Minute coming up on today's show. And of course, Pick 6 Vodka, which is why we are now at King's Tavern today uh, to celebrate a little Kentucky Derby week and Kentucky Derby Saturday with our people from Pick 6 Vodka, the local brand that we love to support here. All right, Acacia, Cor Acacia Courtney, I'm going to do this a multiple <laughs> times. Acacia, I'm sorry. I know. It's okay. Ashley, Ashley Miller is still Ashley Miller. Yeah. Uh, but you are, you are now Acacia Clement. First of all, congratulations. Uh, it is so good to see you and uh, and welcome back to New York. Thank you. Very good to see you guys, too. Yeah, we did. Uh, Acacia Courtney Clement is a little uh, just transition period. But yes, I am now legal. Got my new driver's license. Um, right. Just getting married. Of course, my husband, Miguel, um, still getting used to saying that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, assistant trainer to his dad, Christoph. So we're very much a horse racing family. So nice to be back in New York and looking forward to all the big races coming up. Yeah. Listen, we got married a year ago. I still haven't yeah. changed my name officially, <laughs> and I still am not used to saying husband or wife. So uh, it'll yeah. take some getting used to. <laughs> yeah. 
And Acacia, congrats on the Naira gig. Now, everybody on the Naira circuit, I know, is, is so looking forward to having you around full time and the expertise and professionalism that uh, that you bring. And I'm hoping maybe you can win me a little bit of money this weekend during <laughs> yeah. the Kentucky Derby. We'll get your picks before the segment is through. But first of all, let me just start with the favorite here. And you know how this area in the 518 and Capital yeah. Region gets amped up anytime Long I say the name Chad Brown. Brown. But to have a favorite in the Kentucky Derby, a guy from Mechanicville, New York, like I don't know that Chad would ever admit he saw this coming one day. But what do you think about just the story that Zandon is and, and the favorite maybe that 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 are the chances he has to win? You know, it's interesting because we we saw the draw for the Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks Fields on Monday and they do a morning line. And for those who aren't familiar with it, the morning line odds are supposed to be um, a guess on how the betting will come in and how the horses do stack up against one another. And I was really very much of the impression that Epicenter would actually be the morning line favorite. And uh, we do see Zandon as the morning line favorite. He had a tremendous performance in the grade one bluegrass at Keeneland last time out coming from off the pace. Now, he will be in a field of 20 horses. It's typically the Kentucky Derby, the biggest race that we ever run in American racing. You just don't see those types of fields like you would in places like Europe or Australia. So the key for his rider, Flavian Pratt, is going to be that he needs to get Zandon into the game. But he is a really um, special horse, I think. Uh, of course, Chad Brown with his relations to Saratoga area. I'm sure there's a lot of people cheering for him. And he's won the Preakness before. He's never won the Kentucky Derby. So looking for that win. And Zandon has been turning heads since he's been in Kentucky in the way that he's been training. Acacia, the first thing I looked at when I read about Zandon was that he was a closer, and you mentioned it, but there are several horses uh, toward the top of this chart that are considered closers. How difficult is it, and does that set up better for maybe someone else that isn't a closer when you have a field of 20 that is too hard to come from behind? I think a lot of it depends on the racetrack, too. If you look for the example of last year's race, they went one, two, three, four around the racetrack the entire time in the Kentucky Derby. Throughout the whole weekend at Churchill Downs, the track had been packed pretty tightly, and it seemed like speed was a big benefit. So you never really know how that is going to play out. The fact of the matter is just realistically, in a field of 20 horses, having to come from off the pace, either try to weave through traffic, and you can get stopped a lot of times throughout that was such a big field or have to circle the field and try to close around 20 horses. It's a really big hurdle to overcome. The nice thing about Zandon is you look back in a race for him, like we saw earlier in his career um, in New York in December in the Remsen when he was a two-year-old, he was a lot closer to the pace that day. Um, it was actually a little bit of a controversial race because he got slammed in the stretch by Mo Donegal, who will also see in the Kentucky Derby. A lot of people thinking that he should have been elevated to first that day. So I'm hoping that if he has his best chance, his rider Flavian Pratt has him a little bit more forward than we've seen in his last two starts. And Mo Donegal has local ties here uh, as well to the Capital Region. Uh, two of his owners, Skidmore College graduates, so he'll have the Skidmore College colors uh, <laughs> when people turn on News Channel 13 and see the Kentucky Derby running. If Mo Donegal has a shot to maybe uh, upset a little bit of uh, some tickets on Saturday. All right, so Zandon's the favorite. I have a feeling we're going to come back to him in, in in some way, but you mentioned Epicenter that mm -hmm. you thought 
when the morning line odds came out that Epicenter would be the fit, why did you think he'd be the favorite and why isn't he? Um, number one is that the two horses that seem to be taking the most attention leading into the Derby are Zanon and Epicenter. And Epicenter handled him pretty easily when they met two starts back in the Risen Star at the fairgrounds in Louisiana. So he's the one that is coming off of back-to-back graded stakes victories. And the other big thing is the distance. Last time out, Epicenter won a race going a mile and three sixteenths. These horses are all going to be going a mile and a quarter for the first time in their careers. And for young three-year-olds, a lot of whom are are so relatively lightly raced, that's a huge hurdle to overcome. And some on their physicality, on their breeding, they may not necessarily want to go that far. I don't have any concerns that Epicenter wants the distance. Uh, Steve Asmussen is the winningest trainer in North America, and he's won just about everything there is to win, except the Kentucky Derby. And I think this is his best chance as Epicenter has that agility, that that athleticism, that benefit of being able to be forwardly placed in the race. One of the most interesting storylines, and I think people will continue to talk about it for a long time now, is no Bob Baffert at the Kentucky Derby. But From it comes an even more interesting storyline, I think. I looked at, and again, this is us kind of diving back into racing now that Saratoga is ready to run. I looked at a couple horses and said, who's Tim Yakteen? (laughs) And this is kind of how this played out. So I'm very interested in Tim Yakteen because not only he has a couple Baffert horses that are now his with legitimate chances to win, Mm -hmm. but Taba's story is kind of, it's, it's rare to say the least. And what do you think about his third career start is going to be in the Kentucky Derby? It's a lot to ask of a horse. Um, you know, my colleague brought up an interesting point, too, in the way um, Taba is drawn. He's in post 12. When they load the starting gate for the Kentucky Derby, they load two at a time. So one and 11, two and 12, 313, etc. That means that Taba is going to load into the starting gate second and then have to stand there as they load the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. For a young horse that's only raced twice, that can be a lot. Um, the nerves... The distance, certainly going that for the just the the third start of his career. It's really amazing. Um, I think there's a very good chance that by the end of this year, when all is said and done, Taba could potentially be the one that we look back and say he was the most talented horse in the Kentucky Derby. The biggest question for me guys right now is can he handle everything that's been thrown at him? He's also never faced any adversity in his races, whereas some of the other horses have they've overcome things. It's helped them to mature in the preparation for this Derby. Acacia, is there any chance Bob Baffert is somewhere with like the Mr. Potato Head disguise? <laughs> he's got the glasses and the mustache, and he's got like the walkie-talkie working or a cell phone, and he's he's helping orchestrate things on the day of the race, even though it can't be his horse. Can yeah. it? Can he? Do you think he's still somehow involved here in he's a, in a weird, for him, he said. funny way? Yeah, I, I'm sure he is. Um, <laughs> There are, there is still a whole legal process that's yeah. going on. Um, it, it's not all said and done yet, but um, for those not familiar, uh, Bob Baffert is not allowed to run horses in the Kentucky Derby. So those horses uh, were transferred to Tim Yakteen, the two horses in Taba and Messier, who will be running here. I can guarantee you that these horses in particular, but every horse in the Kentucky Derby will be so closely monitored. Yeah. 
Um, unfortunately, in the sport of horse racing, we've had some drama the last couple of years. And I think everyone is just really hoping we have a clean race, a fair race, and may the best horse win with the best trip. And it's that excitement, that celebration that the first Saturday in May always brings. So that's what I'm really just hoping for more than anything. And at this point, we won't see Bob Baffert in Saratoga either. We may get to mm -hmm. know his former assistant trainer a little bit, in fact. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's the stand of things as of now. Um, things, are, of course, as I mentioned, still very much involved in the legal system. So we'll yep. see what happens. But we take it day by day. Um, I think that it's very important that we as an industry make sure to stand up um, for the integrity of our sport. Um, you know, for instance, I'm married to an assistant trainer now and his father, Christoph Kamana trainer, has been involved in the game for 30 years, has never had one medication positive, um, just won a Breeders' Cup race this past fall. So it's possible to do it right at the highest level. And I hope that that's what we aim for within our sport. Acacia, Brad Cox is a name that has, you know, kind of fervently planted himself at the top of the sport over the last couple of years. He's got three horses running in the Derby, Cyberknife, Tawny Port, and Zozos. And I said to Chris, I'm like, unfortunately, I have to imagine a trainer does not, it's bad enough to be, you know, right, way far outside, but he's got all three of his horses very much consecutively, 16, 18, 19. Is there a horse of that bunch that you like most of Brad's? And how difficult is the spot that he's in with all of his guys kind of jammed up out there? I wouldn't want to be standing next to Brad at the post position trying. <laughs> I'm very frustrated. Um, of his three, I like Zozos. I mean, he's second from the outside, but I think he's going to be, I think of the three, Tawny Port will likely be the um, the biggest price. Cyberknife is taking a lot of, I think, buzz um, in Kentucky leading up to the race, and he's one that I don't necessarily trust. Physically, I've been really impressed what I've seen from Zozos. He's only had three races so far, but in the experience that maybe a horse like Taba hasn't had, he, yes, won his first race and an allowance win pretty easily, but he had to face some of the toughest in the game last time out in the Louisiana Derby. He hung tough finishing second. I think he took a lot out of that race, and I think he's a horse that could potentially move forward. Again, one that we know should be able to handle the distance given his performance at a mile and three sixteenths last time out. All right, somewhere in that answer, Acacia, there was a little bit of a death shot to one of my predictions <laughs> oh, in this no. race. We've got that coming up know. later on the show. That's Ashley and I will give our predictions. <laughs> uh, but Acacia, more importantly, who do you think wins this race? And if you have an exacta or a trifecta, uh, where are you leaning? Um, I think the most likely winner is Epicenter. Probably to be um, to go for a price and be cute, I'm going to go with Charge It for Todd Fletcher. Um, this is a horse that I actually picked in the Florida Derby last time out. He's one that I've seen come along, has the pedigree to get the distance, I think has improved a lot. So I'll go Epicenter, Charge It, Zandon, Zozo. So that's my top four picks. Okay, I love that. And you've got... <laughs> The last name that is my favorite to say and pronounce each you and every single summer. Meet. I was very impressed. You you love to say. You, he we were saying it in the car the other day. He's like, I wonder if she goes by Clément. And he kept saying it. it. I'm like, you I have a very it. good accent. Very yeah. I work it into every single TV situation I can. <laughs> when Kristoff was red hot, was that just last summer at the start of that meet? I'm yeah. like, this is great. We get to talk to Kristoff <laughs> every single every single feature race. Perfect. And yeah. so hopefully again this summer too. Yeah.
You know it. Acacia Clement, it is so good Thank to you. see you, speak with you, and uh, can't wait to see you in person up here soon. this summer. Thanks, Chris and, Chris and Ashley. Really looking forward to it. So excited uh, to be back in Saratoga soon. All right, Acacia, take care and congrats on all the great things yes. that have come your way. Acacia Clement with us here on Honorado and Company as she is at Belmont on the yes. Naira circuit and will be in Saratoga this summer. Best for of sure. the best. Yeah, she is. Okay. So she likes Epicenter. Yeah. And I mean, she, look, she gave us a superfecta if you yep. really want to play it long. But I like but the she, Zozos throwing in Zozos in somewhere in a kind of an exotic, you know trifecta superfecta type deal that's a smart move i'm gonna take if i make a bet i'm gonna take acacia's suggestions i know she's done well on our traverse oh, specials every time she's on the special she nails something that we're all like what <laughs> yeah i know it's good okay that's why we bug her when we're doing a show like this to get ready for the kentucky derby i'm live at king's tavern in saratoga springs right across the street from saratoga race course uh, courtesy of Pick Six Vodka and our folks there, Holly and Adam and Serge and Clea, and what a great team they've got there. Uh, a local product, of course, Ash, which we love to champion here yes. on Honorado and Company and uh, and the best of the best. We're so proud to be partnered up with Pick Six Vodka. I'm here all show long. When we come back here on Honorado and Company, we were at City Field on Wednesday to see Ian Anderson make his fourth start. At yeah. City Field, was mm -hmm. it? As a member yeah, of the Atlanta Braves and his first time back in New York, now pitching as a World Series champion. We'll Rock take you the inside the Atlanta Braves clubhouse. Exclusive coverage here on Honorado and Company from our trip to City Field. We're back in less than a minute right here. Hang on. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground getting wet, relaxing together, the love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV, bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. Teams, athletes, organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, you just heard it right there in that commercial break. Claim your crown. And that is what the Bernardo brothers do each and every single day at Knobs Clothing Company. And uh, Alpen, I, I tell you what, Andy Heck, one of the owners from Alpen House, just ran another marathon. Oh, He is, I think, I think he's run 20 plus marathons. That's um, unbelievable. I saw him post about that again. And he, and he runs great places. I mean, this was in Providence. So I said to him, are you, are you going to go get some good Italian food? They've got a little area in Providence. Yep. And he said, oh yeah, I know about Federal Hill. Um, we, I was talking about our trip, Ash, to California. And he said, oh, I ran, maybe it was a half actually in Huntington Beach. Oh, um, that'd so be an awesome half. Them, some good places to to do his workouts and, and to do his running. Um, I know he's got some international. I think he's doing one in Iceland soon. Ooh. 
the guy's he's an animal. Andy That's cool. Heck, one of the owners at, at Alpenhouse. Our thanks to the Heck family, Katie Osborne, uh, Andy's sister, uh, great, great supporters here of the show. All right, Ash, we had a really cool experience um, on Wednesday going yeah. down to City Field to uh, to see Ian Anderson make his first start in his home state as a World Series champ. Uh, you were there because you were in the uh, clubhouse afterwards and mm-hmm. in the press box as well. Um, what did you take from Ian's start on Wednesday? Listen, to me, going to a Major League Baseball stadium is still such a cool experience every time I walk in, but it changes the feeling of it when you know and you have a relationship with the person on the field yep. pitching the ball. It just makes yep. it seem so much different, and mm-hmm. it almost seems a little bit surreal and makes it seem like you're back at a high school game because we're out there covering Ian Anderson, except – Instead of throwing against the Shaker Blue Bison, he's throwing against the New York Mets. Um, so I just I got like a, a strange feeling about it, but he's the same guy. And that's the best part about the whole thing. He hasn't changed a bit. Great guy. Walked in the locker room, slapped uh, Chris on the back and said, hey, what's up, man? So uh, I just thought it was such a cool experience. And listen, he struggled yesterday. He would be the first to admit that. But he was good enough to get the win, which is the important thing. And it's just so cool that we've been a part, a small part of his journey from Shenandoah High School now to the world champion Atlanta Braves. Even cooler for you because you're a Braves fan. Yeah, exactly. And that we were there on draft night when the Braves took him third overall. And I thought, man, if this guy turns into something, how cool is that? As I grew up a Braves fan, I'm still a, a big Braves fan. And, and to have somebody from the Capital Region here who we've covered a little bit uh, to be not only on the team. I mean, he's a major factor yeah. to this team's success if the Braves are going to win uh, a lot of games and maybe even another title it'll be because Ian Anderson has been really really good and that's exactly what he's been in his last four starts Mm -hmm. here are the numbers 22 innings pitched 16 hits six runs allowed 17 strikeouts and that's considering the fact that he went five and a third yesterday with only one strikeout so he was really right in line with one strikeout per uh, and he's three and oh in his last four starts. So he had a rough outing to, to open the year, but now he's put together four really, really good starts to give the Braves an opportunity to win, which they did exactly that. The bats finally woke up a little bit. They get out of Queens with a split, which I said to you, I know it's early May, but they, they have to at least split this series. You can't fall eight games out of first place. Because this Mets team, as I said in my last week's Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute, something different about this year's Mets team. Where in past years I would say, eh, "I'm not worried about them." No, I, I think they are. They are certainly legitimate this year. The way the Mets uh, have been playing. Carol says, "Yeah, Shen is pumping out some really super athletes." Of course, and they're all got, going to Atlanta to play pro sports. Right. We're talking about <laughs> about Ian Anderson and Kevin Herter, but. Ben Anderson, who's in the yeah. Rangers organization, pitched well again Last on Wednesday night. Uh, and and Bob, his father, was was there to see it. So they've got a good thing going, the Anderson twins. And, yeah, Carol, you're right. Shen's got a really good thing going as well. Let me get to some of the comments here that I haven't been able to hit. Sam and Carol are with us here this morning. And Sam says, you guys have to do the show live from Saratoga on opening day. It's a Thursday. It's perfect. Beautiful. I can't think of a good reason not to do it, right? I'll be there. Okay. There you go, Sam. Plan on us being somewhere trackside for an Honorado and Company live on opening day at, at Saratoga Racecourse. We are uh, we're down to do that, yeah, for sure. Uh, Joel's thought here on Mets Braves in terms of winning the division, whoever has fewer injuries. Yeah, maybe. I, I think part of it will be 
does Jacob deGrom come back healthy? Does Mike Soroka come back healthy? I think those two guys will be pivotal. Obviously, you have to have Ronald Acuna Jr. stay healthy. But those two star pitchers who are out, they need both of them back to just add to what they have. If Jacob deGrom comes back healthy, this Mets team look out because this Mets team is legit. I don't have a ton of trust that he's going to come back and be for the duration of the rest of the year, the dominant guy that we've seen, he's, he's getting into his mid thirties here. And yeah, I know you're going to tell me, well, Scherzer's on the other side of that and look at what yeah. he's been able to do. But I don't know, to me that the concern the last couple of years with DeGrom's arm, elbow, shoulder, uh, back and lat and all that stuff that, that he's kind of dealt with. Uh, I'm not ready to, to go all in on, but, but I'm with you. He's a huge difference maker and Acuna being back and, and yeah, can the Braves get Soroka healthy? That's that's somebody. But now that, you don't have to rush him back either. Like if you are four games up in the division yeah, and yeah. you're feeling good, about to grow. If you yeah. can get him back for the end of the season and the playoffs, even better. Um, so you don't feel, and not that they would rush him back, um, but you know they're they're leading the division, and when you're in that kind of position, you're not forced to do things that you shouldn't do. All right, after the game, Ashley had an opportunity to catch up with Ian Anderson at his locker. Here is part of that exclusive conversation to the 518. To go out there and, and throw up some zeros was was good. And, you know, the guys obviously in that, that sixth inning really uh, took it to him. So, yeah, it was, it was a good game. Being on a day when you strike out the first guy of the game and then you don't get another K the rest of the game, yeah. what do you battle most? Is it not having a change up? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I didn't feel like I had my best stuff. Um, but, you know, I feel like that's that's something that I'm going to have to do more times than just today is, is battle out there. And, um, you know, that's probably what I'm most proud of, just the way I was able to bear down. Command wasn't that good. None of the other pitches were that good. But uh, I was able to move the fastball around. Defense played phenomenal. Heredia made a, one of the best catches I've ever been a part of. So. Is that one of the toughest parts of being a pro is just trying to learn how to battle through moments like that when you don't have your best Yeah, stuff? definitely. I mean, there's you know, you got to find ways to stick around when you don't have your best stuff. And. You know, I feel like I've been able to do that. Uh, obviously, the team behind me picks me up every time, so they make it easy. But yeah, you know, you'd like to be sharp every time, and um, but you're always going to be battling things, and you got to find a way to get through it. We talked to Grandma and yeah. Aunt before the game. Is it still cool to be able to know you have people like that? Yeah, up yeah, it's like it's great. Um, you know, my parents moved south, so they could be they could be a little closer and come to more home games. So yeah, it's always great to see family this season. You know, it can it can bear on you and. You know, to see people that are comfortable and, and you're familiar with it, it definitely gives you a little boost. All right, so there you go. Some of the conversation at uh, Ian Anderson's locker after he got the win. Um, and the Braves got out of Queens with a split against the Mets. Ash? What'd you say? Was there a question there? No. No, oh, no. Okay. No, I found myself smiling through that whole interview. I know. That's I why know I was just kind of... Me. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I, I found myself smiling through that whole interview because I just feel like Ian is such he we always talk about this. And, and Kevin Herter is a little bit of the same way. You don't know if he's really high or really low. He's generally got a smile on his face no matter what's happening. He just kind of lets it roll, whether things are going well or things are not going well. He lets it kind of roll off his back. And that's hard to do. It's really hard to do. And I think. In one of his in his first season when he just threw, I think, five maybe regular season starts before his postseason run, 
And then again in his second season, I think the thing you heard most from Brian Snicker and his teammates was like, he's so even keeled. Sometimes you got to check if he's got a pulse. And that's generally what the hardest thing is for rookies and new pitchers is to just bring the energy down, bring the emotion down and not get let the adrenaline take over. It doesn't seem to happen for him. Um, so he's just such a good guy. And his, his family was so thrilled to see him there when we talked to grandma uh, and his aunt. So it was cool. It was cool to be a part of. And you just kind of feel like, oh, he's he's our guy because he came from yeah. our area. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know it's it's such a good story. And yeah, you're right. It was cool to catch up with some of his family before that game to see how proud they are and how nervous they get yep. on game day. Right. When you're it's all out of your control, it's it's a difficult thing to kind of sit on the sidelines and and watch. But uh, yeah, he's he's making the five one eight and uh, and that family name awfully darn proud. Uh, early impressions here. We talked about the Mets, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best teams in baseball to this point. Um, early impressions from the Major League Baseball season. This is an interesting stat. I hope I'm not stealing any of your thunder here. Go ahead. Um, as I was listening to the Mets radio broadcast yesterday in, in the press box, I didn't know this, and I find it hard to believe. The first time ever that both teams in New York and both teams in L.A. are in first place on the same day it happened middle of the week yankees mets angels dodgers all in first place in their respective divisions that one took me off guard to think that that's the first time this has ever happened yeah and i think one well many of those are people's biggest surprises of the season i don't know that the yankees are an incredibly big surprise but i think the fact that they're ahead of toronto in the division that they're coming off an 11 game winning streak which just ended on wednesday night at the hands of Toronto. I think that's surprising, but I don't know that anyone's ever surprised when the Yankees are atop the division. But the fact okay. that the Angels are atop their division, the fact that the Mets are atop their division, I think those are all surprises. And they're doing it. We talked about the Mets last week. It was part of your fast minute. They're they're getting the hitting. They're getting the pitching. A guy like Tyler McGill, who threw against opposite Ian Anderson, who was also really good, just didn't yep. get the breaks he needed, um, and his bullpen couldn't get it done either. But they're getting pitching from guys who maybe you didn't expect, a guy like Chris Bassett, who, yes, he was an all-star in Oakland, but came here and has been absolutely fantastic for them. So I think it's kind of the way that the Mets are doing it. And then the Angels, who haven't gotten pitching outside of Shohei Otani in a long time. Noah Syndergaard's been fantastic for them. Patrick Sandoval's been fantastic for them. They're getting really good pitching. And a lineup that we kind of thought, eh, maybe yep, not so yep. good. I mean, Mike Trout has been Mike Trout, which will help you win games no matter what. He's hitting like 400 in his last 11 games. He's mashing the ball. That helps. But that lineup has been better than I think people uh, gave them credit for, including me. Yeah, look, of the four, the Angels are the biggest surprise. The Mets acquisitions of of Marte and Scherzer jump out at you to say, yeah. okay, they are going for it. They're going to contend. Oh, by the way, they they just cut Robinson Cano, and they're like, yeah. we owe you $44 million. We'll, we'll pay you to go away. That That is the sign of a confident team, in my opinion, with ownership. Right, that isn't afraid mm-hmm. to say money is not an object with a front office and now a leader in the dugout, especially with like a Buck Showalter who understands the pulse of a major league team. Look, this is what we need to do yep. if we're going to win some games here. Um, we need to find other guys at bats. I, I can't be pressured to keep Cano in the lineup every day mm-hmm. simply because of his salary. And that's exactly what's happening with a guy like Jankowski, mm-hmm. right? For the Mets, give some of these other guys at bats and it's paying off so far um, for the New York Mets, no doubt. Uh, 
I don't know that anything a month in surprise. I need to give the lame answer. I say it to you all the time. Maybe the Marlins are a surprise for me. Everybody yeah. thought ah, the, 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 they'll be bottom feeders, but but look at yeah, them. Yeah, but we knew their pitching would be good. I mean, we no knew doubt. their top three starters are top flight starters. Yep, yep, that's true. Um, I always say I don't look at the standings in Major League Baseball or at least don't pay close attention to them until Memorial Day. Then I've got yeah. two months, and I feel like what you've shown me is more or less who you are unless you have a trade deadline acquisition that, or you have a guy coming back from injury that is dramatically going to change things. I, I, I think by Memorial Day, we, we have a pretty good pulse on, on what each team in Major League Baseball is. So I'm, I'm holding out here on this question, yeah. at least for another couple of weeks. And I think we some of the ones we mentioned were the good surprises. I think there are some surprises that are bad surprises in the way that like teams are worse than you thought they were going to be. Uh, a team like the Red Sox, I yep. didn't think they were going to be good, granted, but I didn't think they were going to be this bad. And they're really struggling. And a team like the White Sox, uh, Dallas Keuchel's ERA is sky high. That's a guy that can't seem to get anyone out. But they've had guys like a Michael Kopech who's been really good, Dylan Cease who's been really good. But I think Tim Anderson is like the only guy on that roster that's hitting yep. above 300. There yep. are a lot of teams like that who have one guy hitting above 300, which is hard to believe. Uh, I, I know we, we've got Pat Fitch coming up here. I'm looking at him, and he's on standby. All right. Um, but I have one comment here on that. I, I saw I saw a quote from Carlos Correa the other day in Minnesota where he was kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in staying here long term, but I'm kind of wait to see. How, now, look, it's a three-year contract, and we yeah. all know what, what Correa will do. Um, a team in the Central, which you brought up with the White Sox, a team in Minnesota that is expected to contend this year. Um, if he doesn't play well, he's going to opt in because he's not going to get the big money like that somewhere else. If he does play well, he's going to opt. It's it's it, There's a safety net for both sides that Minnesota gets to keep him on, on what is not an exorbitant contract, um, but he also has the safety net of if he doesn't play well, he's still going to be paid very, very well. So... There's that going on in the AL Central. All right, let's take a quick time out here, Ash. When we come back, uh, another expert. Expert? Can we call him an expert? He says, yeah. Call, call me an expert, Pat Fitch says, in terms of handicapping this Kentucky Derby. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on what he thinks will happen for the run for the Roses, what King's Tavern here has cooked up for this Saturday in May, the most famous horse race of them all in this country. And what he thinks maybe this summer will look like for a business right across the street from the track now that we are <laughs> moving closer and closer to normal uh, in the capital region, but also, of course, in the United States. We're back right after this short break. I'm going to get Pat set up. And we'll be back on Honorado and Company. At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you. Providing essential appliances that families depend on. For cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day. Like we have been since 1957. Helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Jenner, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. Yeah. 
everybody. Welcome back to Honorado and Company. I'm not really sure where the host of this show went. Chris Honorado, I think he's still setting up uh, our our guest, Jay Fitch. Chris may have dropped right on out of the stream, which I'm not sure if he knows that either. We are going to talk Kentucky Derby with Jay Fitch coming up soon. He's right across the street from Saratoga Racecourse, or King's Tavern, which is where Chris is and where we can hear his extraneous audio coming from as well. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on there, but we hope you stick with us. We talked to Acacia Courtney Clement, who gave us her picks for the Kentucky Derby. Threw a little spice in there. I'm going to call it spice with Zozos. So if you're working a trifecta, a superfecta, or Zozos into the Kentucky Derby picks for you, uh, and we will – you're back. I'm back. I'm I mean, back. You t- that's what we call leaving somebody out to dry. That's what we call that. Pretty much. We're trying to figure out the other situation here to get Pat Fitch on with us uh, with his picks, and and we will we will do that in our in our next uh, commercial break here. Uh, Ash, why don't you give us? Uh, well, well, I, I don't want to reveal our picks I, until yeah, until we have Pat I just, ready to go. I just babbled about Kentucky Derby. I for know. A, no, a that, that was that was pretty good. All right, yeah. let me do one thing in the NBA here that we have planned. Okay. And then we get to our Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute, and then we'll bring Pat Fitch onto the show here. We've got two playoff series that are tied at a game apiece. Um, who do you think has the edge here? Boston, Milwaukee, Golden State, Memphis. Those are the two series that are a game apiece. Game three comes on Saturday. The Boston Milwaukee one is really tough for me. Um, I'm going to go Golden State in the Golden State-Memphis series, even though those games have been really good, the scores have been a lot closer. I like Golden State there. Um, I think the loss of a guy like Gary Payton second is going to kind of push them to the next level, and I think the loss of a guy like Dylan Brooks for Miami potentially, I mean, that guy's going to get suspended. He's got to get suspended for that. Yeah, That move is my guess. I don't know if it'll come for the next game. But if not, it will come shortly after that. So I think that gives Golden State the edge. Boston-Milwaukee for me is really tough. I'm going to go Milwaukee, despite the fact that Boston was clearly the better team in game two. But this series seems to be like, listen, game one wasn't all that close. Game two wasn't all that close. And we had these huge momentum swings. Um, So I'm going to go Milwaukee, but I'm not exactly sure why. Okay. Carol's on Golden State all the way, and I'm with Carol in terms of that series. I think for sure the Warriors are the better team. It took a John Morant ridiculous effort uh, to get game two in the Grizzlies' favor. And so I'm going to go with Golden State, especially with that series uh, now going back to the Warriors' home floor. Um, And you're on Milwaukee, defending champs. Giannis may be the most dominant player in the game, right? The most difficult guy to guard in the game. That could be. Um, I still think Boston's defense is going to figure it out enough. Milwaukee has great, and I'm not I'm not over-exaggerating here. They are great, great role players around Giannis. We'll talk about 34 all day long, but but it's the role players, I think, that that make the biggest difference for a team like Milwaukee, but if Chris Middleton is not going to be a factor in this series or the rest of the postseason, I'm going to lean on Boston here to kind of figure things out. They won game two without Marcus Smart. Yep. That says a lot. Yeah, and listen, 
the Bucks have done what they've done without Chris Middleton. And I think yep. there's it, there's some similarities there. Um, yeah, if Chris Middleton comes back, that's a, that's a different team because Giannis is now being forced to do probably more than he should, despite the fact that they have really good role players, like you said. Boston one through five just feels like a better a better team, despite the fact that we say Milwaukee has really good role players. All right, Popeyes is a partner here on Honorado and Company, and each and every single week, we bring you the Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute. I am on the clock here, Ash, and here is my Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 no. H-O-P-E, hope, hope, hope for the New York Jets. I think it is finally here. I think there is finally good reason for Jets fans to have high hopes going into the season. It is all about what they did in the draft and most particularly the first round. Sauce Gardner, lockdown corner. Garrett Wilson, explosive receiver in the past game for a guy like Zach Wilson. And then you add a pass rusher late in the first round. You identify a need. You're aggressive to trade back in and to get that. And now it all hedges. I know this is obvious to say it all leans on the quarterback and Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson matures the way this franchise thinks he will, this is a really good football team because... They are building it the right way. I like the head coach. They've made some really smart hires and decisions. If the quarterback pans out even to an average degree, they've got a real opportunity to be a factor in that division for a long time to come. And, oh, by the way, they just so happened to add the best running back in the draft with the 36th pick. They added a tight end and Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State, a position of need. And a New York guy. Uh, everything that they did in that draft, he's from Long Island. Everything they did in that draft just seemed to be the right move. And for the first time in a long time, I said this about the Jets and the Giants, they seem to just make the right decision and yep. not overthink it. Yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. Okay. Ready to go? Ready to rock. All right. I'm on the clock. And this is about. The umpires, we call the MLB, it's the show. That's the video game. We call it the show. Welcome to the show. Well, the umpires are stealing the show. Mm. If you can see this on Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon, I guess, Madison Bumgarner, after a hand check of his substance as he came off the field, it was such an awkward interaction. The, The umpire literally just stared into his soul and felt his hand for like, 30 seconds, and then things went and went haywire. But this is one example of an umpire stealing the show. We saw Angel Hernandez awful behind the plate, and Kyle Schwarber took exception to it, spiked his bat, got thrown out of the game. Again, not the only time. There are too many umpires who are stealing the show. Number one, they're bad, but then they're just allowing their personalities to take over and make it about them. It's not about you. It's about the game of baseball. Everyone, take the advice or take – I guess role model after Chad Fairfield and what he did with Chris Bassett missed a blatant strike throughout the inning and on his way off the field said, Hey buddy, my bad, my bad. And Chris Bassett looked at him and said, yep, no problem. Just do that. It's always got to be so controversial and so much about the umpires. It's too much about the umpires. Are we yeah. going robot so you're just going to Eventually, yes. Uh, 
yes, umpires get very defensive, very, very defensive. Like mistakes are made. I think generally when you admit to a mistake being made, we're very forgiving. We are very, very forgiving. Let's try that from now on. Chris Bassett. Let's try that from now on. All right, I'm not going to delay any longer. I'm going to – well, let me bring, bring in Sam's in. comment here, okay? No one – I mean, no one goes to a game to see the umpires. MLB has to do something about this getting worse each game. And, look, yes. they're going to. Ultimately, they're going to do something about it. They are going to the robo-umpire system at some point, Ash. We're going to have the, the electronic automatic strike zone. That is coming. Okay, we already have replay, and, and sometimes they don't even get that right. Right. But the electronic strike zone is absolutely coming. All right. Might Carol well. says you should be an ump. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be a good okay. one. It wouldn't be yeah. about me, but I wouldn't be a good no. ump. Yeah, okay. All right. Final time out of the show here. When we come back, we will have Pat Fitch on with us because I'm going to ditch. Am I going to be by in- myself again? No, no, no. I'm okay, ditch the initial approach that we're going with here, and, and I'm just going to bring Pat in on my camera, and Great. we'll get things done that way. Make All me right. small. We're back right after this on Honorado and Company. Hang on, everyone. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face. Sharing laughs. At the campground. Getting wet. Relaxing together. The love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV. Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. Teams. Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose. Claim your crown. And now back to Honorado and Company. Brought to you by Alpenhouse. All right, we're back here on Honorado and Company. And Ash, let me go full screen. Yeah, yeah. So you can see our guy, Pat Fitch, here, one of the owners of King's Tavern. And City Tavern, of course, in downtown Saratoga Springs as well. I'm not sure that Pat can hear you, Ash. So let me start the questioning here. And I'll just throw up our derby picks, too. Because when we have good graphics, we like to use good graphics. Pat says he is uh, an expert. Tell Pat I didn't cheat. Or at least a handicapper. And if you didn't hear Ash, she said you did not cheat. But there are some similarities. I didn't cheat. Yeah. That you guys have made. Oh, yeah, she really? said she didn't cheat, and here they are. Let me see this. All right, so you are going with Taba. Yep. Correct? Yeah, thanks for pronouncing that. I, and I, then... I spent all night trying to figure out how, <laughs> what that word was. And to, then you like vowels. epicenter. Yep. And then you are going crown pride. I am. Give us a little bit of insight into how you came about this trifecta. Oh, man. So uh, I love that 12 horse. You know, it's like, um, you know, it's it's been running really well. It's 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 2-0, obviously. You know, uh, it's got great connections. Gun runner, gun runner. You know, you can't go wrong with gun runner. Yep. You know, it was previously trained by Bob Baffert. Something's going on there. You know, he's, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe he's still training it a little bit. But um, you know, it's 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 it's, it's a nice looking horse. You know, it's it's run two good races. Obviously, the guys that, that purchased it uh, purchased it for a healthy sum of money. 
And uh, my, my final thought on it was because, you know, there's so many great horses in this race. You don't go out and uh, buy a Ferrari and not expect it to run like a Ferrari. And so far, it's ran like a Ferrari. So why would it, why would it, why would it stop doing that? You know? Yeah. And okay. you know, I I really like the epicenter I had in there. At first, I was trying to um, I'll see what pick an epicenter to win because, you know, um, anytime I handicap and it comes down to the three horse, my brother Adam, he uh, all he does is pick the three horse, mm. and he has the most ridiculous success in track record of winning the three horses. I mean, you, you can, he can pick a 40 to one, throw a hundred bucks on it and the thing's winning and everybody else is sitting there going, what is going on? So I almost picked it, but I really think the, the, the race sets up for the early speed with three and four to get to the rail. I, I, I think the 12 will follow because it's, it's, it's pretty quick there off the, out the gate. And I, I just think, I just think 12 will, will overtake him at the end. I really, I, just, I really do. This is when technology fails. Cause Ash, I think no matter what you say, you're, okay. I'm going to have relay here yeah, uh, to Pat. But I will share this. Jay, one of your brothers, yep. said the exact same thing about your other brother oh, and, the, the and his, his ability <laughs> to pick the three horse and for it to win. So if you're watching us and you, you bet on the three, if that's your thing, and if it pays off on this derby, you, you can come down to King's Tavern. Hey, give Adam a high five. Yo, Adam, one of the yep. owners, a, a drink. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. All right, Ash, how about you here? Because you're on Taba too. Yeah, I'm on Taba only because I think it's such an interesting story. Um, we talked about this with Acacia. The fact that it was a Baffert trainee, that it's lightly raced. I'm not sure if that works against him or for him. Uh, and then in second place, I didn't want to go with the favorite, even though the favorite is our guy, Chad Brown uh, from Mechanicville. But I'm going to put Zandon in second. And then Messier, which is, we talked about this, a Tim Yachtin uh, it would be a, a win show for Tim Yachtin, which would be a dream for him, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of picked the interesting storylines with Taba and Messier and the lightly racedness of that Ferrari, as Pat mm. called Taba. So pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, the Ferrari for sure. Okay, so Ash says she likes Taba lightly race but obviously has the pedigree to do big things in a race like the kentucky derby and then zandon is is the local favorite man how how does zandon not hit your board you know i don't know it, you know it's i i've uh i've always had a check mark basis for handicapping horses and some horses just fall off as i go through it and uh okay he just kind of fell off and it came down to uh four or five horses and i really liked the 12 i liked the three and then the seven I threw in there because I just I just couldn't get away from it. Every, every time I looked at it, I was I don't know if I just I don't understand that you know when it, it ships over in the in the in the you know the uh, past performances are different. So I just I just assumed that it's a good horse and I throw it in there. So hopefully okay. hopefully that works out. Yeah. And Ash, what was the stat you had yesterday? Six of the last ten favorites um, have gone on to win the Kentucky yeah, Derby. Believe, Is that right? I believe that was the case. I believe so. And I think 10 of the last 10 or something absurd like that have hit, hit the board. board. Yeah. yeah. So Zandon's got a shot here. Let me let me just for the fun of it here. I know nothing. Okay. And I am I am transparent about that. But I like Epicenter. Keisha. You do too, Pat, to a degree. And, and Acacia Clement, who we had on earlier in the show, likes Epicenter a lot as well. I am then going Cyberknife, which I've read a lot about. Uh, Acacia said doesn't Trendy. like Cyberknife. Doesn't when like Cyberknife. It's, it's a trendy pick. So I, I like Cyberknife to sneak in there. And then I just thought 10 of the last 10 favorites have hit the board. I can't go completely against our guy, Chad Brown. So I'll go Zandon to at least hit the board here and uh, and be the show horse in my trifecta. What do you like about Epicenter, Pat? Because you haven't really hit on him yet, but you know, you've got him as part of your trifecta. 
I mean, with, with epicenter, I, I really, I really just like the, I like the pole position. I like, I like how how it races. I think that it, you know, it shows early speed. I think it, it can, it can get that, that, you know, that you know, it can be the rabbit, you know, for lack of better terms, and it, and it can lead the pack. And I, you know, I, I just like, I like the way the horse looks. And I think that, you know, it could run a great race. I, I just, I just have this feeling that it's going to be caught at the end. You know, it, it ran a fast and a mile and I think a mile and three sixteenth. It ran one fifty nine, which is, you know, that's I think that's a little bit faster than the track record at a mile and quarter. You know, from Secretariat, but obviously nobody's going to beat that since only two horses have broken two minutes in <laughs> yeah, one hundred and twenty five right, years right. or whatever it is. Yeah. But you know, I, I I think it'll be I think it'll be a fast pace and it'll be it'll be a great race. And I just I just don't think the epicenter is going to have the uh, you know the stamina to to finish off whoever's coming at him at the end. All right, Ash, I'm going to hit Pat with a few things here. Mm-hmm. The nickname is Pistol. Where does that come from? Man, that's a, that's a, that's a long story. But uh, <laughs> to shorten it up, I can uh, I can drink a uh, pint of beer in under two seconds. Okay, we're going to come back yeah, and do a show things at some point, yeah. and we will we will bring that to you live. That's we're a problem. Yeah, at some point during the Saratoga meet, we'll we'll definitely I mean. do that. I'll leave Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Um, have you been to the Kentucky Derby? You know, I haven't. I've been to Churchill Downs, but okay. uh, but not for the Derby. Is the Derby so. bucket list for you, or are you kind of? I don't need the crowd. Yeah, I'd love. I'd love to go. I'd love to check it out. As be, being a horse racing fan my whole life, it's uh, it's definitely something that you know you aspire to go to yeah. at some point in your life. So, um, I've, I'm bogged down with four four children under seven right now. So it's uh, <laughs> bringing them to the Kentucky Derby could be tough. He's be shotgunning uh, a lot of beers. And none of them. Ashley said he'd be shotgunning a lot of beers. Um, no twins. No, no twins. Four under brother, seven, no yeah. twins. My brother Jay has the twins. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, so you guys started with City Tavern. We did. How long ago did you buy that? Oh, man, that was 2006. And now how long have you had Kings? Eight years. So you've had Kings for a while here. Yeah, um, what was it like getting through the pandemic and not having the influx of just immediate like customers with a Saratoga crowd for one full summer? No, I, I think it wasn't as difficult as you would imagine just because we have, you know, we have a great uh, set of locals here. We have yep. we have an amazing uh, basis of customers that support us year round. So we're, we're at the point in our in our tenure as a, as a business that um, the, the track's a bonus for us. You know, uh, we, we, we rely on our, our basis of customers year round to, to provide us with you know, steady business. And then track seasons like you know this whole energy of like what a great time like you know it's even busier than normal and, yep. um so i mean the pandemic was tough it was uh it was, it was it was it was interesting to have to um you know play by a different set of rules than you usually um you know aren't accustomed to no one opens a business and says hey i'm gonna survive on you know 50 percent capacity you yep. know yep. you try to survive on packing the house uh, but we did, and you know, there was a lot of uh, great support from the local community, and a lot of great support from uh, our local government and um, you know organizations that you know kind of kept uh, local businesses afloat when uh, otherwise we probably couldn't have been. I know you're going to pack the house on Saturday for the Derby. Yeah. Uh, I hear that you can't keep Bloody Marys in stock at this place, especially yeah. on a race day. Um, Jay, one of your brothers, shared with me why he chooses Pick Six Vodka over any other. What is it about? That local brand that is popular here at Kings and maybe just in the capital region in general. Why do you why do you feel like people gravitate 
towards pick six vodka the way they do. Well, I mean, Jay's much bigger than I, so we uh, we, we definitely defer to him when it comes to uh, most uh, alcohol-related decisions. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, we have. I mean, it's it's a, such a great local local brand. It's a great local story, and um, you know, we had the um, pleasure and the uh, you know the ability to get to know Surge uh, when we first uh, started the company, started to grow, and uh, we supported it then. And um, you know, we just were big uh, we're big advocates for our community and you know local companies and their success. Yeah, that's awesome. Really well said. Um, what do you think this summer is going to be like? here at Saratoga because I feel like last summer it was like you know you kind of took the lid off everything people were still a little maybe nervous gun shy we're now mostly vaccinated and boosted and and ready to go I just feel like this summer above last year could be a whole nother level yeah I think I think uh you're already starting to see it um you know more so with with down our bars downtown is there's, there's a lot more people coming out and a lot more people are more comfortable with you know being shoulder to shoulder to people and you know, not having the masks on and uh, enjoying things that they haven't really enjoyed in a while. Some people are a little, a little more excited than others. You know, that, that happens when uh, alcohol is involved. But uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to a great meet. Um, we always expect it to be packed. We always expect to, you know, sell a couple hundred Bloody Marys in the morning and run out of breakfast sandwiches and then, you know, turn turn the page and get ready for the afternoon onslaught. So. I'm not trying to play down King's Tavern. This is Ash. You, you and I know City Tavern very well from the time that I lived in in downtown Saratoga, fourth floor and rooftop, and and oh. we we lived there on weekends. Um, this feels like the adult hangout of the Fitch family. Is that accurate? Yeah, you know, I think it's funny because I think we, we've gr we've grown up. You know, we we started the business downtown when we were in our mid to early 20s and now we're all right around 40 so it's kind of like you know we've always said like we, we start businesses and we, we open uh bars and restaurants based on like what we like you know yeah and uh we still love the saratoga city tavern and we, and we still you know treat it uh as, as it should and, and and try to pack the house but this is more of our speed i don't know if it's because we all go to bed at nine o'clock ten o'clock now <laughs> we usually shut down around 12 1 instead of four in the morning but I think it's something as life evolves, you know, we've evolved into 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 the King's Tavern. Yeah, and that's no shade on City Tavern, which I hear yeah, no, is is being refurbished in a way that we need to check it out. That that it's yeah, uh, some work has been done inside that that I need to see. Um, Listen, Chris, it's no different than us. It's yeah, like no, City yeah, Tavern uh, is our dating uh, life. Entire interior the, of the uh, of the building for the first time in uh, probably sixteen years. Yeah. yeah, it looks amazing. I walked in there yesterday. I looked at the uh, the the hardwood floors on the uh, the fourth floor, and it's like, oh man, I don't know if I want anybody to walk in. It. Don't move the furniture, you know. Like, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's it's pre it's pretty awesome to, to walk into and, and see something uh, that you've worked hard on for your whole life, well, your whole adult life. Yeah. Um, get kind of like uh, a renewed sense of uh, energy and excitement. So All right, well, we're, we're gonna we're, 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 we're gonna check that out. And I will. Ash's analogy was. We're City actually Tavern's our, our dating life. City Tavern was our dating life. King's Tavern is our married life. Yeah. yeah. So That's this this will be all in the same boat these days. We're in yep. Malta. This will be a, a, a new hangout for us uh, for sure. Listen, good luck with your bets yeah. on Saturday, Pat. Thank you for taking Thanks the time so with us here. I'm going to throw them yeah, up one more it. time here. Pat Fitch's trifecta. One of the owners of King's Tavern and City Tavern here. And uh, this is the place to be on any race day. Pat, thanks for hosting us. Yeah, Ash, thank you yeah, as thank you. always for being part of the show here and hanging out on Honorado and Company. And our thanks to Pick Six Vodka for making this all happen on a Kentucky Derby Saturday. Enjoy the race.
That was great.